I'm Kelsey. And I'm Sam. You're listening to Pilot Lights, the podcast where a gal and her pals celebrate their love of weed, snacks, and TV. This is our monthly bonus episode, Burn Cruise, which is a little bit different. We talk about food, weed, and TV, but just a little bit differently. <laughs> so Sam is the editor and publisher of Beer and Weed magazine, which just started. And he also dabbles in politics and is the frontman for the world famous Grassholes. I need to know more about this band. The world famous Grassholes? Yeah. We are entering our 20th year. I so love this. It sucks because COVID ruins everything, obviously. Right. So I had some grand plans for a 20th anniversary ridiculousness, and I'll probably have to dial them back. But we are a very traditional bluegrass band. We've been playing for 20 years. We got started basically taking lessons in the back of Buck Dancer's Choice. I knew that's what you were going to say. Yeah. And we got, legend. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we got thrown together. It was pretty funny. So do you know Carter Logan, a banjo player for Jerks of Grass? I know. And especially names and faces. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no. He's been around forever. So yeah. and when I first got to town, I, I came to town in Portland in 1999. And my first gig was the listings editor for the Portland Phoenix way back yep. when. Yep. Making uh, the grand salary of $6.25 an hour. Good for you. Yeah, I, was, I was a prince's ransom at the time. And so the great thing about being a listings editor is you got invited to like everything and you knew everything was going on. And I was in a bluegrass, so I go. And at the time, Jerks of Grass had a weekly gig six out of seven nights a week. So they uh -huh. would play the Old Port Tavern. So they wanted to go to seven nights yeah. a week. And so they went to the Free Street Taverna yep. on Tuesday night. And they started something called the Jerk Jam, which was... <laughs> It was basically like bluegrass karaoke. So you would go yeah. and sing whatever you wanted and they would play behind you. I actually would love, like, that's my ideal. I can't sing, but like, if I were going to sing karaoke, that's how I would want it yeah. to be. It was wicked fun. So I went up and I played, I was, you know, a bad guitar player at the time. And <laughs> I had learned to play guitar from this book called Rise Up Singing, which I highly recommend to everybody. Yeah. And uh, it's all just like American folk songs and like three chord songs. I was going to say, I feel like my like Girl Scout troop oh, like yeah. leaned heavily on this as a child sure. in the yeah. 80s. So I knew going down the road, feeling bad, and know you rider, both, I could sing them, you know, so mm -hmm. I wanted to support the Jerk Jam, so I go, and I sang my two songs with them, and, you know, had no idea what I was doing, but it was fine. So Carter comes up afterwards, and he says, hey, you know, you did a real good job, <laughs> but you could sure use some lessons. <laughs> And so he conned me into taking lessons with him. And That's then on the, at the end of the first lesson, he's like, oh, why don't you come into this other room? And I was like, uh, okay, or whatever. And there was like this band. They're all sitting there. And he announces, hey, guys, I found our singer. And all of a sudden, I was like, I sing two songs. I literally know the words to two songs. <laughs> But none of them like really were singers. And so, yeah, 20 years later, we're still playing together. That's actually. so much fun. I love that. And obviously, we just started Beer... We... I did nothing. You... <laughs> started, too, if you want. It's everybody's project. Beer and Weed was just started here in Maine. I basically claim anything Maine as my own. I'm like, we did this thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Beer and Weed just started last... February, like literally three weeks ago for us in real time, mm -hmm. four weeks ago in, <laughs> we should be getting March issues someday. 
any day now. We just uh, the printer just sent them up, so they they're on their way to us here for our bulk copies that we hand out at dispensaries and breweries. But yeah, it's we just you know cooked up this idea. You know, we knew we're COVID bored. We get it. Yeah, (laughs) everyone started a COVID project. We get it. I just happened to start mine two years earlier. (laughs) <laughs> mostly we were just like where are these rec places going to advertise you know yeah and besides so, here right here yeah, guys. well that's right yes. <laughs> you know, they need a print publication you got to be in person online on right yeah. exactly exactly so, yeah so we started it and you know we had the idea basically in november and we shipped our first publication on february 1st and, well i did uh, read my digital version and oh, i good. loved the february issue <laughs> with it you know i mean i've written about everything lasers and work boats and music and privacy and security it's fun to write about something that's a little bit low stakes like you can't really screw up here and weed you know it's just like look at this awesome stuff i know like isn't it amazing it is (laughs) and you got to talk to one of my personal favorite human beings on the planet renee coolbrith who was on oh yeah renee is the best actual angel so there's always a connection to the world famous grouse holes because we've been around for so long. Mm-hmm. We used to practice in our fiddle players then studio, which was right above autos. Okay. So we would we would go to autos for yeah. like the cheap two slices. You get like two slices of beer for five bucks. Yep. And Miss uh, those Renee days. was like the you know bartender there forever. Yep. And so we got to be pals. And then I brought you know I've written I've reviewed her stuff a bunch of times. Oh yeah. She's an incredible musician, and The Misfits is like my personal heart project of hers, just because I also am really good pals with Cindy Lou, their drummer, and so it's just like, yay, gal pals, doing the fun thing. Yeah, they were just kind of having a lot of fun, too, when everything shut down. Oh, they have so much fun every time they play. It makes me, like, so happy. I literally watched their live stream from the state and bawled. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I want to play with my friends. I I, I watched the first four or five live streams from the state and they just made me so depressed I found like it wasn't helping yeah me either me either all right so obviously you run a magazine called beer and weed you're in a band called the grass holes tell me about your relationship to cannabis there sir (laughs) (laughs) my relationship to cannabis goes way back I know that I look like a young buck but I was not if you were in the back room of buck dancers choice 20 years ago (laughs) sir (laughs) So, uh, no, I was smoking cannabis by the time, by, by sophomore year of high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started with cigarettes. I liked cigarettes a lot better. That's what the cute girls were doing. And only like the like skeevy weirdo boys were smoking weed. And so I was able to sort of introduce the cute girls to the skeevy boys. I felt like I was the go between. And I was like, yeah. hey, what if we smoked cigarettes and weed and drank vodka all at the same time? I have two out of three right now. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, I was at boarding school at the time. And so you had to hide it a little bit. Uh-huh. Uh, but we had easy access to Boston. So we would get on the train to Boston, go down into what at the, at the time was called the combat zone. Now Boston's been like sanitized. There is no combat zone. I was going to say, Boston's really nice. Yeah, no, it used to be like rough and tumble, you know, but now it's all. I know. So we would go down there. You know, it seems like crazy now, but we would you'd walk around like waiting for someone to say like weed or, you know, smoke or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you follow them. 
And then you'd give them some money and probably like 10 different times we would give somebody money and they would go into a building saying they were going to come back with weed and then they never did. Yeah. And we would be like, oh, we're 17. What are we going to do? You know? Right. Um, Damn it. We're out 30 bucks. Yeah. Then I was living in Boston and we had a, it was in some ways the time of my life. We had like, because <laughs> you had like a delivery guy, right? So you're right. like, you know, this isn't even like a thing anymore, but you'd page this guy. Right. And like with your like, you know, rotary phone or whatever. Yeah. And then so he would just show up at your door with a backpack and you never knew what he'd have. He'd have some weed, he'd have some acid, he'd, you know, have some pills that you'd eat, you didn't know what they were. So then I was going to UMass Boston at the time. I decided to go to the University of Vermont because I wanted to like ski and you know. That was my dream school. I got in and I couldn't afford it. I couldn't really afford it either, but my parents kind of styled me out, so it was fine. And I, I have many privileges. But so went from being like essentially homeless, living in the basement of a brownstone, you know, with like yeah. overflowing toilets to my, basically my parents bribed me to go to Yem, if it really comes down to it. Heard. Like, what, what if you didn't, what if you were not a homeless person? Heard. Got so, it. What if you got they, the fuck out of this situation right. and like we put you in a better one? And so I remember I was like all impressed with myself. I, I was working for Massachusetts Citizen Action at the time, yep. which was uh, like, I don't, they don't even really have it anymore, but you went door to door and asked for money for universal health care. Like, so I've been working for universal health care for 25 fucking years. We still <sighs> have it. So I saved up all my money and I bought like an ounce of weed that I was like all proud of to take to UVM. You know, I was like, I'm going to have oh. a bag, you know, and like I'm going to impress everybody when I get nice to there. Nice try. And so I get there. It's one of my favorite stories because my dad drove me up there. My dad went to UVM. And we open up the door and there's like this three foot glass bong right in the middle of the floor. And he just turns to me. He's like, well, at least you know he's not a jock. <laughs> I like, yeah, you're right, dad. You know? <laughs> and it's this dude, Paul Spinelli, was my roommate. Paul uh, Spinelli. Yeah, he's actually dead now. He, oh, I'm sorry. He OD'd on pills about five years ago. And he was, he's an absolute crazy person. Like, just, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. one of these dudes that just had like an amazing amount of energy and was always on Adderall. Mm -hmm. So he, I was like, oh man, here you got this glass ball. Let's smoke some weed. And like, I take out my ounce. And he was like, no, and like throws it in the trash. <laughs> I was like, right. you fucking asshole. You know? Right. And, uh, but, you know, he had the kind bud. And that was like my whole, you know, I was smoking, you know, whatever freaking Kentucky ditch weed with seeds and, you know, brown stuff on. I'm from Florida. Yeah. I went to high school in Florida. It was real bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, but all of a sudden we had the kind bud and, you yeah. know, we had the Humboldt County and the Addison County and all this stuff. And Paul just, I mean, there's nobody in the world who loved weed more than Paul. He just loved it and smoked it. I was always stoned 100% of the time. So that's really, you know, I was a stoner, but I just like drugs. Like I wasn't really a stoner. Yeah. 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 I was like, whatever gets me fucked up is fine. Yeah. And he just, he just got me into weed culture and all of a sudden I was listening to fish and, you know, because it was, it was UVM, well, you had to kind of. You like had to, yeah. And he, you know, he would grow it and, you know, we would have to go down to Jesse's place and get a quarter pound and I'm all of a sudden I'm walking around with quarter pounds on my back and I'm just like, what am I doing? This is ridiculous. Yeah. But it was really fun. And that was um, amazing. we would just like take bong hits and like. His thing that he loved, well, so we would take bong hits and play a ton of Mario Kart. So we loved Mario mm. Kart. But what he loved to do was watch soap operas with the sound off and music playing. So we would get stoned, watch soap operas. I get and it. We would basically just make up what they were saying to yeah, each other. They would, yeah, it's like watching Spanish soap operas when you don't right. know Spanish, right? You would yeah. just like make up storylines. 
Yeah. And Paul, he just loved it. You know, he would like make me be like the girl parts or make me be the father parts, you know, like, and we I would sit this. there and he would just like yell at me, like, you know, what are you doing with that hussy? And I'd be like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> you have to like make up dialogue on the spot. He was great. And right, ever so since then, you know, it's just, I've been a daily smoker since then. I, but now point, you're I like, even imagine it. a dad and you're in politics and that's still like a deep part of your identity, right? Well, you know, it is. And that's one of the things that, you know, I worked hard, well, worked hard or whatever. I was, I did everything I could to help the legalization efforts and, Mm -hmm. you know, certainly self-interestedly because I didn't want to hide it. But it was one of the, you know, like I was really excited for adult use to be legal because I didn't want to lie to people. I'm not, I'm radically transparent. I'm a very bad liar. I never would, you know. Right. And so I would just tell people that I smoke weed. And I, I was like, you know, all of any, any employee I've ever had, they, you know, I, w- I will just talk about smoking weed and it always freaks them out because they're right. like, oh, we're in a business environment. What are right. we doing? I'm like, well, you know, that's what I do. Uh, but I remember I was running security systems news, like the squarest mm-hmm. job ever, you know, yeah. talking to guys who install security systems for a living. That and- sounds like incredibly <laughs> no, boring. It is. Well, you know, boring is a state of mind. <laughs> I remember my my publisher was a Coast Guard guy that I would work with, and I was the editor, and he was a good dude, but, you know, very straight edge, you know. Right. Uh, nice nice haircut at all times. And I remember he had a daughter, a high school-age daughter, and he brought his daughter in to, like, meet everybody or whatever, and I'm, like, in my office, like, just screwing around. And he brings the daughter by, and I'm chatting with the daughter, and, you know, she's nice or whatever. And the next day, he's like, oh, you know, what'd your daughter think of the team or whatever? And he's like... Well, you know, we got home and she says, wow, your editor just like smokes weed all day, doesn't he? (laughs) I was like, what, your high school daughter outed me? Like, what is going on? Rude, kid. Yeah, I was like, yeah, but I feel like it's just, I I often feel like I have it tattooed on me or something. There's something about me that makes people think that I'm just a stoner. Even I don't don't feel like, you know, I have like this Cheech and Chong vibe exactly. I mean, you're a pretty laid back kind of dude. It's like... (laughs) It is. I mean, like, of course, this is the context I know you in. So well, like, yeah. Plus, you know. now you see, the, uh, I'm actually very excited about COVID because it allowed me to finally grow my hair back again. Like, I had, right. um, I had long hair all through college. I always had a ponytail or whatever. And then my first, my, I have a degree in education. My first job was I taught high school English in Laconia, New Hampshire. Yep. Oh, and I just remembered another stoner story. But um, so I cut my hair to get a teaching job because yep. I thought, you know, I had to. And uh, I, never, I never grew it back because partly because like the, you know, the interim period is so bad, you know, like the, yeah. the, the, oh, like, the halfway down rough. your face. And like, so I've oh. used the COVID period. I now have my ponytail back. It's, Perfect. You know, I'm, I'm 18 years old again. It's very exciting. <laughs> this is actually probably the longest my hair has been about since since about that time too so <laughs> it's it's so much easier you just throw in a ponytail you never have to worry about it yeah for me it's like so much hard well maybe because it's blue and i like have to like not wash it often because of oh. like trying to keep the color in and then like for me that's really hard because i like showers are like the only nice thing in the winter time that like sometimes yeah. like really makes you feel better but anyway i'm sort of convinced that washing your hair is a scam though i never wash my hair i really enjoy washing my hair <laughs> I hate it. Like, you got to get all the soap out. Yeah, no, I just, like, really enjoy, like, the whole process of a shower. I just like to get high and go take a shower. (laughs) (laughs) 
get your hair wet without washing it. Uh, oh no, like my not my hair because my hair oh. is like very thin and like baby fine. So like if I go like more than twelve hours without washing it, it looks like I've never washed oh, well, it ever. Yeah. So it's like. If you don't, if you get it wet without washing it, it just looks greasy. It's bad. It's like no good for anybody. Uh, yeah. So anyway, so I forgot to mention up top because you and I talked about it earlier. So clearly that means we talked about it with our listeners. Uh, Riley is not joining us tonight oh, because yeah. she had a dental emergency today when we're recording. And so we decided to have her have two molars pulled and come back to us later when she's less ouchy. So it's my nightmare. I hate that. Yeah, so normally this time Riley would review a recipe, mm. but she didn't give me one to like make or anything, so I didn't do that because that's not my part of the show. But tell me like your all-time favorite snack, like the thing you could eat every day. So this forever. is tough. I know this does not exactly jibe with the whole theme of your program here, but that's I actually okay. highly dislike food. Fine. I, that's fine. I try to... I. Like, I do eat, you know, but I basically eat pizza, grilled cheese sandwiches, and pasta. That's, like, all I eat. Heard. You like and what I you just, like, man. It's fine. I, just, I resent eating, like, every single day. I'm like, oh, I've got to eat again. Like, why? Can I ask a weird question? Yeah. Are you a Virgo? No, I'm a Cancer. Okay. Okay. Cool. Because, like, <laughs> particularly Virgo men in my life, but men in my life in particular, particularly my ex-husband, hated eating. He yeah, was yeah. so grouchy about it. He would just be like, can I just fucking take a pill and like move on with yes. my life? I think about that. I dream, I daydream about like, I just take a pill three days a week, three times a day. Yeah. Be yeah. The best. But it's funny because I have a whole like theory about this. I think it is, I think it's genetic because my wife, Kristen, is actually very similar. It's one of the reasons that my we're married. My kid could care less too. Yeah. And I, I feel like I know, you know, because people will subscribe their kid. I'm like, oh, does he just like pizza, grilled cheeses and pasta and he won't eat anything else? And yeah. You know, they're like, yes. I'm like, well, just stop trying now because you will never get him to eat anything. It's impossible. I am that person too, except that as a thing, I'm so deep. Like I like food, but like I'm a picky eater. Yeah. Well, that's so, indifferent though. So like, but if, and, and like feeding myself is such a chore that I don't want to deal with, but I want to feed other people. Yeah, I can see that. You know, so like left to my own devices, I eat pizza, pasta, and grilled cheese, like that's all I would feed myself, you know, but I grew up working in like really fancy restaurants. So I sort of fell oh, yeah. in love with the, with food as a concept really young. My first job at like 15 was busing tables and this like smancy, smancy place. And they would feed me every night. I didn't quite realize that was all the cooks trying to sleep with me when I was 15. <laughs> like I had no idea. I was like, oh my God, they just like That's really so nice. like me. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah. They just want to feed me always. <laughs> I was so dumb. I was so dumb. I worked there for four years and was like, I had no concept that that's what was happening. Restaurants are just the skeeviest places ever, but they're they also are. really fun. I put myself through UVM basically delivering pizzas. Yep. Which you could actually make some decent money back then because like gas was, you know, 75 cents a gallon. Right. And that, I mean, talk about a great place to get drugs. Like if you can't get drugs in a pizza shop, then you're not trying very hard. No. And like I grew up, you know, in restaurants and like on the beach in Florida. So weed was kind of everywhere. It wasn't that hard to get, but it wasn't any good. It was real bad. Yeah. When I went to school in Tallahassee, like the whole city would occasionally run dry just because it was so far away from particularly Miami. So the whole city would occasionally run dry. And I I lived in honors housing, which really just should have been called smart kids doing drugs. Yeah, exactly. Housing. Yeah. And the year that I went to Florida State, they gave out this scholarship that turned out to be 
illegal as far as like discriminatory practices. But basically, if you were like Hispanic or Latinx identified in any way, and you scored a certain thing on your SAT or ACT, they just like gave you in-state tuition at Florida State. They were like trying to boost their numbers. Yeah, and they right, and so like all the kids in my dorm were like Latino kids from Florida or Texas. Yeah. And so we would drive to Texas and get bring home like pounds of weed. Oh, that Mexican ditch weed too, so bad. But it was it was the same thing we were getting in Florida oh, yeah. too. Oh, yeah. So like whatever, you know, but oh my god, we were so stupid. We were so stupid. It was ridiculous. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can't, it's kind of your job is to be stupid at that point. You know? Yeah. I, I, I think about that all the time. Because the same thing I only got over Boston. it like three years ago, though. <laughs> but like, you know, in you know, like July in Boston, it would be impossible to get weed. You know? Yeah. yeah. I can't even imagine that now. Like, I, I, it's like you're swimming in it now. It's, I know. It's, it's so hard to, like, make kids understand, like, that this is not normal, that you can just get, like, weed anywhere at any time. It's I know. Like, My kid is just like, yeah, whatever, mom, it's weed. Yeah. Who cares? It's so different. It's yeah, like, except that she's also like, mm, no. <laughs> well, kids are straight edge now. Kids don't do drugs anymore. Oh, kids no. No, because like, why would they? Why would they need to? Yeah. They're also being yeah. like emotionally supported in a way that we never could understand. <laughs> so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, the whole like latchkey Gen X thing, I'll, you know, yeah. it, it is it is amazing that they were just like, for a whole generation of kids, they're like, yeah. Just figure something out, you know, make yourself dinner. You know, You'll figure it, it out. You'll be fine, right? You're 12, you know, watch TV. You're fine, you know. Yeah, yeah. I am now the age where I, like, conceptualized my adult's age, like, for the first time, you know? So, like, they were all 38 when I was like, oh, my God, my adults are, like, 38 yeah. years old, right? Mm-hmm. And at the time, I was like, 38 years old? Holy cow. And now I'm like, oh, my God, they had no idea what they were doing. No, but I have this conversation with my mother all the time. She, you know, she, cause at this point, like, I'm not trying to hide anything from her anymore, you know? Yeah. My and... mom got mad at me recently because I tried to tell her about a time I didn't have a threesome and got pizza instead. And she was like, I don't need to know about this. I was like, I'm telling you about a good yeah. choice. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> and no, I'll tell her these stories and she'd be like, that didn't happen. You're just making that up. And I'm like, no, that's what happens, you know, but like, it's like, it's like, you know, they obviously, you know, they would buy stories like, oh, no, that's not my handle. Uh, That's not my handle of vodka in the backseat. Like my friend put it there. Right. Like, oh, okay. Right. Yeah. You're just holding it for them. Yeah. And like, it just, I mean, for me, my grownups had already all like fucked up, but the fact that they like believed it is baffling to me you know but i also got like good grades and like yeah well that's true that's- i looked great on paper you know <laughs> my mom just said to me recently i'm i'm trying to switch into cannabis as like a real full-time gig situation right now and she's like your dad is cracking up in his grave right now if he knew that you could have ended up in the cannabis industry maybe he would have worried a little less in high school <laughs> yeah it's like a job like it's right that it's a job you know right she's like how is this gonna be your paid job how are you gonna make more in this than you used to do in nonprofit work like what the fuck else? oh it's not even close you know i was I like mean, oh i'm gonna make way more money mom oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's amazing to me it's uh i mean it's great but breweries are in a lot of ways the same way i remember at my room one of my roommates at uvm like it was his dream to be a brewer mm-hmm. and at the time you know Vermont it was almost was like, impossible yeah but and, and we were like the micro brewery capital of new england and we had like four you know right 
Right. And so he would drive like 35 minutes down to Middlebury and uh, basically volunteer at Otter Creek until yep. they would let him be, a, you know, assistant junior brewer overnighter, you know. Right, right. And now, like, what, it was 150 in Maine alone. It's crazy. I know. Right now, so I moved to Portland area in 2002 as a grown-up. And so, to me, right now, the cannabis industry feels like beer felt in, like, 2007. Yeah. You know? Sure. Is yeah, like, I mean, it's going to get oversaturated and a bunch of places will go out of business and, yep. you know, it'll, it'll shake out. Yeah. Uh, there's no way that there can be whatever, 3,000 cannabis businesses. Like, it's just too many at some no. point. Yeah, at some point. But not yet. Because right no, now we're no. still way into it. <laughs> so you don't love food, but you do no, love weed. I do. Did you smoke? Are you smoking? What are you smoking? Who are you loving right now? Well, you know, so... I, this is, I have a whole theory on this, but I've always just smoked what I like. I've never mm-hmm. been one of these people that like, oh, this strain does this. Like, No, you know, I'm I mean, with you. Yeah, I yeah. just, I, you know, and so if I find something that I enjoy, I'll just keep doing that because I know I like it. So right now, like I, you know, I, I went up to High Low and got some Skywalker because I saw that they had it because I just love the... Yep you know, sativa energy of the Skywalker. Yeah. But then also like I'm, and, but that's mostly just for a change of pace because I grew my own for the first time this summer and I have like, you know, six ounces left of, you know, purple tangerine. That's um, lovely. But I, I try to avoid the indicas because they just put me to sleep. I like to smoke and do things. Same. So like I want to play guitar. I want to play piano. I want right. to, you know, do something. And I, like I, you know, I don't have the patience really. I watch very, I can't like make it through a whole movie a lot of the time. I just get bored, you know. But I can marathon TV shows for like six days. I don't know. Well, understand. they have more of a, st- you know, like. Right, right. There's a cliffhanger all the time. Right, yeah. It's right. Just, you know, it keeps my attention a little bit better. I just get restless with the Indicas a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like I can't really do anything and, uh, you know. Yeah. So that's what, that's what I chase. But I also, I love my bass player started getting gummies because he was working at a dispensary i don't know three years ago or something and i've gotten super into like five milligrams in the morning five milligrams in the afternoon five milligrams at night like that good microdose is like yes it just you know it it makes you know i like you know makes your limbs a little bit loose and yeah no i definitely like where we happen to have an edible sponsor for the entire month of march oh nice Um, there you go we have Zenia cannabis right now, which is lovely. So I've like ed- I'm I've gummies everywhere right now in my life, which is really great. But like usually we aren't quite on that schedule, and I still am like buying, you know, <laughs> edibles <laughs> just so I can microdose in the morning and just like with my cup of coffee, like yes, you know, and sit down to work. You know, like that's how I function too. I also prefer sativas. I call them get shit done weed. Yes, I just had a really really good tangerine something or other from i picked it up at sweet dirt in elliott at their medical store yeah i don't remember who grew it the tangerines are super popular right now i've noticed uh, oh yeah and they're just so good and like get shit done good up sativa e you know i've been talking i've been talking about like i like the fruity stuff i guess i've decided and so people tell me like oh you know the gas is like really like the super gassy stuff is really popular like they describe it 
as positive that it yeah. smells like diesel or something or like it tastes i'm like so you're, you're on purpose like the diesel smell like it's i don't know that does nothing for me usually my jam i did have one i want to orange something something orange something diesel and mm. it was just a pre-roll and i'm not saying i was smoking and driving but i was smoking and driving <laughs> up to rangeley and my friend was driving right behind me because she was only joining me for like part of my camping trip and the diesel smell on this was so ridiculous that I pulled over to see if my butane lighter was leaking. Yeah, that's crazy. Wow. I was like, what the fuck? And she was behind me and like obviously had windows down and stuff like that. And she's like, that is the strongest smelling weed I've ever smelled. <laughs> and I'm driving behind you. That's crazy. Yeah. I got it at Central Main Flower. It was just like just a pre-roll, you know, for something good for the drive. And like, I was like, I don't know what I'm smoking, but this is too intense for me. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Even if, even though it's been whatever, 30 years daily smoking, I don't have a very high tolerance. Like, oh, um, mine's through the roof. Because the gummies we get are medical. And so they're 20 each. And if I have like a whole 20 before a gig, like I forget the words. You know, yeah. I, I just get like distracted. I'm like, Woo, you know. Yeah. So like these people that tell me like, oh, I don't know, 100 milligrams in a day. Like I would be like, I, my, I my starting do dose is probably about 40. What? See, yeah. I, can't, I can't even imagine. I would be completely yeah. hammered. Yeah. I mean, like for me, cannabis is really medicine. Like I am a medical patient for a reason. Like I'm a little bit bananas. So for me, it keeps me at like even keel, <laughs> you know? Wow. I, yeah. I mean, it's her, like my mother, uh, I got her into medical, but she was having all these back issues and uh, we were taking this big family trip out West and she was going to have to be on a plane and going to have to be in a car. And she's all terrified, like right. sitting that long, you know? Yeah. And I was like, you should, let's get you a card. And you know, that's, that's like the use case for, you know, gummies basically. Right, right. So I got her and she does 20 in the morning, 20 in the afternoon. And I'm like, mom, holy smokes, I would be like under the table. And she's like, oh, I don't even notice it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty much the same way. Our last episode, we tried to record three different times. And so every time I had like 20 milligrams, right, like <laughs> an hour before. And then last night I like, I was like, all right, we're finally doing this. And I like, mouth the rest of the bag <laughs> and i was like oh god i can't actually talk anymore it's fine reds opened <laughs> yeah that's good yeah reds the opening day of reds is like tradition at my household so really oh yeah it's like a big fucking deal so my roommate got home at 805 last night and i hopped in the car and we sped over to south portland as fast as we could <laughs> <laughs> and then I, because I am a grown up who had had too many gummies earlier, made the excellent choice to get an ice cream cone and a blizzard and eat Whoa. them both. And wow. then I had a tummy ache and I went to bed. Yeah, that's not messing around. <sighs> uh, my folks used to live just off of Shore Drive, like right over the border. They, you know, it's kind of a famous house. It's on Oakhurst. I don't know. It's like Oakhurst is a big Halloween neighborhood, you know? So I'm I sure I would know that. it if I like drove by it type yeah. of thing. And so it ha it's like this, it's up on a hill and it has like this fleur-de-lis on it. And every, always, we were like, why did they put this fleur-de-lis on this house, you know? But, Someone uh, was French they, at one point. Yeah, they moved there after I was out of the house. So I never lived in Cape Elizabeth. But yeah. we would take the kids to Reds all the time when they were still living there. Yeah, it's like tradition in my house. You got to at least hit up that opening day, so... 
So we yeah. hopped over as fast as we could last night and waited in the line and did the whole was thing. Was there a ton and of people there? I mean, it was nice and warm last night. It was nice and warm. And like last year, it was like literally the last thing we did before lock-in. Lockdown. Let's go to Reds, yeah. Yeah, like we didn't, because we didn't know, you yeah, know. No, well, how'd you know? Yeah. Right, but it was opening day and we stood in line and then I was home for yeah. a year. <laughs> I still haven't been inside a restaurant, so have not we haven't eaten in a restaurant only one of the worst things about covid was it was my wife and i's 20th anniversary last summer so we had this whole trip to like portugal planned for our 20th anniversary and so we ended up doing nothing except have you been to the oxbow pizza place that's up in oxford i haven't been to it maybe it's in norway i don't know i've heard it's really great it's awesome and they have this big huge farm where, you know, you're all spread out on picnic tables and they had everything all, you know, you felt totally yeah. safe. So I think that's the only like sit down-ish restaurant we've been to all year. One, that was our anniversary dinner. <laughs> right. I did one porch pop-up at Arcadia when they were still at their old spot. Oh, yeah. And it was for Rebel Cheesecakes. And we were the only people on the patio. We got Is that there. Um, Jess's Cheesecakes? Or, no, place? Rebel Cheesesteaks. Oh, Cheesesteaks. Yeah. They said cheesecakes. I probably did. I'm kind of high. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love food a lot. Yeah. Anyway, that's food. Good. We did it. Oh, we've been, food's over. Okay. We've been telling a lot of stoner stories, mm. but I know I asked you to prepare one for this evening. Well, the stupidest, like, I, you know, when I think of stoner stories, I think of like being stupid. My favorite one that I tell a lot is UVM related. It's been a while. I mean, I make stupid decisions all the time, stoned, but. You know, in Vermont at the time, like it was, you know, heady early days of kind bud and all that sort of stuff. Right. But also like it was out, outdoor grows and like people, even if you were in the dorms, you would like try to find some place to grow outdoors over the summer. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff. So you would find these wild patches of like. You know, it's like someone's like, oh, weed. Yeah, you're like, that's weed, you know? Like, right. Whatever. So, and it wasn't really, it never felt like we were stealing. I thought someone would probably shoot you. <laughs> but so we, you know, we come across this, you know, this weed and we're like, okay, we pick it, we bring it back to the dorms. And this is, I don't know, we're probably, I've probably been there for like four weeks at this time. So it's like, you know, yeah. early October or something, you know? And so everybody has it because like it's harvest time in Vermont. Right. And so we're like, you know, we're all, you know, we're rolling it up. Like, you know, you like put like five papers together and you make like these like gorilla, you know, whatever. Yeah, right. Like, I'm, because I'm, you I'm have enough of it. <laughs> whatever. You know, it's like leaf in there. And, you know, it's not like, it's not like now where it's all like finely trimmed. So we had this big sack and I was living in a dorm with Will's Hall, which has now been demolished. They used to call it the shoeboxes. And it was literally like a prison, right? Everybody had an eight and a half by 11 room, packed two people in there. And I was literally in room 420, which is like, <gasps> that's absurd. amazing. You know, this is ridiculous. And so we had, you know, I don't know, there's 10 of us in this, like, you know, whatever, 80 square foot room. Yeah. And there's a knock on the door, like bang, bang, bang. And this is back when, you know, like you would put the, the towels at the door and, you right. know, right. all this sort of thing. And so it's just bang, bang, bang. And this girl who's at the door, I'm like on the other side of the room, she just like, pulls the door open, you know, like, hey, ah. it's a party. And there's like a, you know, a state trooper standing there, you know. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Right. So we have all this weed, you know, it's my room. It's right. terrible. But, you know, it's it's UVM. We're all like white kids, you know. We are all paying $25,000 a year to be there. Right. So he takes all the weed and issues me a 
citation, right? So I, I had to go to the like cop place or whatever the next right. day. So it's like a ticket. Right. Right. You got a weird ticket. You know, all right. Okay. You know, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I've always been really good at apologizing to cops and never get in trouble. You know, I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, we just got it by the end of the road. You Since know, I was like six years old, the moment I see a cop, I'm like, I've done something wrong. Yeah. Yeah. There's no defiance. You know, I'm just like, oh, I'm so sorry. So sorry. No, I cry so, every time. So I, you know, I go, you know, go down there and the cop is like, well, man. I got some good news for you and some bad news. Uh-oh. Oh, you know, what, what's going on? And he's like, well, the good news is that we tested the weed, and it's not actually drugs as far as we could tell. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been smoking. I mean, I don't know what we were smoking, but it was not marijuana. But he says, but it looks enough like it that the, like the prosecutor wants to actually charge you with something. And I'm like, what? So I'm gonna, I'm like, we're like smoking something that's not doesn't have any THC, but like I'm gonna get in trouble for it. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You were probably smoking some amazing CBD though. I mean, yeah, it looked like weed. I don't know what it was. And so, long stupid stoner story short is that they put me into like the diversion program or whatever uh-huh. that they had, and you know I had to I went put on you know my little blue blazer and went down to the prosecutor's office and said I was sorry, and they gave yeah. me forty hours of community service, right? And they're like, you can serve it wherever you want, and so I go to serve my. 40 hours of community service at like the soup kitchen in uh-huh. Vermont, yeah. which is where I met like all the Green Party members that like hung out with like the Green Mayor and hung out with Great. Bernie Sanders. <laughs> yeah. And they totally radicalized me and like turned me into a green, you know, Perfect. a lifelong green. So the short story is that I got arrested for not smoking weed and it turned me into a radical green politician and Really, it's the cops' fault that I have worked against them my entire life. Absolutely. No, I'm with you, damn the man. But yeah, <laughs> the only time I've ever been arrested for weed, it was not weed. That's pretty incredible. And also, like, you know, as we as we get into legal weed and as we are white folks, like an incredible example of privilege, friends. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> that's, know, what, like, yeah, that's why I tell the story all the time. Like, can you imagine? It's like, right, right. Give exactly. You, a ticket, you know, they're like, yeah, I just show up at the police station tomorrow sometime. Well, my stoner story is far less interesting, but a couple weeks ago, we had just recorded. We usually record on Friday nights, and I, like, have some pizza. I make homemade pizza, like, almost every Friday night just because it's easy to feed my kid. It's easy to eat right before I make a podcast. There's always stuff in my fridge for it, you know? Like, it's just, like, one of those things. So pretty much do homemade pizza every Friday night. And I had, like, done pizza. We had done the podcast, but I was, like, wicked baked. And my sweetie lives in Nashville. And I was like, babe, I want mozzarella sticks so bad. I was like, and and like, he makes fun of me because I had a 45 minute commute to work. And like, I live within a mile of my entire life. You have no place to go. (laughs) Right. I have no place to go. So I was like, yeah, but I'll have to like go in the grocery store because I don't even like go in Hannaford. I do like a pickup order every week. So I've like barely go in the grocery store. I was like, but I'll have to go in. I don't want to. I hate it. Oh, my God. I'm too high. And he was like, you can do it. (laughs) Like, okay, I'm going to do it. So I'm like in Hannaford and I'm so baked and I'm like wearing my mask and I'm like 
all right, I'm going to do it. I got the thing. Everything's going to be awesome. And I get so much junk food and I like really just wanted mozzarella sticks, but I got like all the junk food that I could possibly have wanted because I cannot make adult decisions when I am high. (laughs) And I get to the mozzarella sticks (laughs) and the only option literally the the one there's one box in the store and it's the biggest one that they have (laughs) (laughs) like the commercial size and it was in a spot that said 5.99 but then when i go to hannaford checkout to go myself like because i cannot interact with a human being at this point because i am far too high and why am i in this store and i've already fucked it up i like shouldn't be here I am buying too many mozzarella sticks. I need three. There's 800 here. Mm. So I check myself out and I don't have my wallet. Oh. And I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? And I was like, we have Clink in Maine, which is like the returnable thing where you drop it off at your Hannaford and it just goes onto like a little like digital tab and I have my keychain. So I get like my Clink money. Oh, I didn't even know you could do that. Yeah, it's magical. And so I was like, great problem solved turns out my wallet was just in a different pocket (laughs) (laughs) and then i get home and i have nine thousand mozzarella sticks and cheetos and ice cream and m&m's i do not eat all of this in one night thank god but i did eat too many mozzarella sticks because i cannot be trusted to like make good choices for myself because i'm just like clearly i want them all always and especially when i'm high and i like texted my sweetheart i was like that (laughs) didn't go well (laughs) so i like can't find my wallet right so i have to like call the kid over and be like um i don't have my wallet but i have clink money so can you like hold this i'll be right back (laughs) and i'm like the stoned mom at hannaford and he's like 19 and he's like so aware i'm stoned and so annoyed that he's not and he's just like "Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-huh it was it was an adventure that i would not care to repeat and this is why i always have too many snacks in my house because this could happen at any time I tried to, I, the, like, the way I quit smoking, like, I made a rule that, like, I will not smoke cigarettes in Maine. Yeah. And so when I moved to Maine, no more cigarettes. No more. But that's the only way I can eat, you know, because I don't like eating. And then eventually you get starving, right? Right. Like, the problem with not eating is that you always eat super healthy, super unhealthy because you don't eat, you don't eat, you don't eat, then you're starving. Right, right, right. I do this to myself all the time. yeah. Like you can't make food. It has to be like instantaneous. You right. Know? And so we, I just don't allow cookies. Like I, I cannot, like cookies are not allowed to be in the house because if there's any cookies, you just eat them all. Yeah. I might have to start banning goldfish from my house. Yes. There's certain things like my wife, like, you know, she can, there can be cookies here until the end of time. She won't eat them at all. But if they're in the house, bam. Yeah. Bam. I'm the same way. I, my kid, like she knows that if she wants Doritos, they have to be a kind that I don't like. <laughs> yeah, because you'll just eat them. Yeah. Right, but if but you get the like, like yeah. spicy ones that I don't want in my mouth, like you can have them all day long. I don't care. Right, same thing. Like chocolate ice cream, they all love chocolate ice cream. The chocolate ice cream can be there till the end of time. I would same. never eat it. I just, although I did eat it last week because I was so stoned that I was like, ice cream's in the house. I don't really care what it is. I didn't eat all of it though. I only had a bowl. I was responsible, mom. It's it's totally the opposite. If there's cookie dough ice cream in the house, then right. I eat it every time. Same. 
Yeah, I haven't been responsible, Mom, very much this week. Like, I try really hard to, like, do dinner, but my kid, as you know, has this rare thing where she sleeps all the time. And and so, like, even though I've planned dinner, it does not always happen. And then I get to the point, like, where I'm like, well, she's asleep. Why do I have to feed myself, right? And so I just, like, don't. And then I'm like, shit, I have to eat. And so there was a night where I chose to have popcorn for dinner because I had just, like, gotten to that point. And then the next night she woke up and she was, like, really tired and neither one of us, like, knew what we wanted and, she, and the plan was that she was supposed to have made me dinner. And so, like, we weren't doing that thing. And she's like, what if we just had popcorn? And I was like, oh, okay, I guess. And then I was like, well, we're only having vegetables for dinner tomorrow, obviously. Like, we have to remedy this because clearly that's how that works. And <laughs> Well, that's what the best thing about having kids for us was we actually ate way, way healthier. Because right. we felt so guilty. Like, we can't Same. realize, oh, we can't have our kids eat the way we do. They'll die. Yeah, until they're like 14, and now I'm just like, whatever, I don't fucking care. You can die. <laughs> Figure it the fuck out. I don't know anymore. <laughs> I still mostly can't. Although they, uh, Last night we had ice cream for dinner is the yeah. point of this story. We still yeah. have not had vegetables. <laughs> we had pizza tonight. <laughs> uh, our daughter often like turns her nose up at whatever we've made and makes something healthier. So I'm always like, all right, well, it's fine. Does she want to like come live with me and just like well, do that for me? Possible. I can't... I've, I've told her she should au pair. Like, oh, that's a good job. I can't, I can't feed myself. It's really all it boils down to. No, I, if I lived alone, it would, I, I don't know what I would do. Like ma- many of my habits are curbed by like my inherent guilt at other people thinking that I'm a total derelict. Yeah, I watched too much Gilmore Girls in my formative years, so I've, like, really, like, taken the Lorelai Gilmore method of parenting, which maybe you don't know because you're a dude of a certain age, but, like, as a girl of a certain age, it was very important, so. Yeah, I've seen some Gilmore Girls. Yeah, she, like, they didn't eat healthy, she drank too much coffee, and, like, if weed was legal, she totally would have been a weed mom, so. Well, my problem was that I didn't really like her very much, and she was also my least favorite character on Parenthood. So, like, it just never, you know, I never really self-identified. I was I was exactly the right age to super identify with Rory Gilmore. Mm. And I was, like, the right kind of girl to identify with Rory Gilmore. I was, like, the smart, shy kid, you know? So, like, it worked for a while. And then I rewatched it as a grown-up, and I was like, well, obviously, like, <laughs> I am this mother uh, <laughs> at this I point. I feel like we were watching... I feel like we were watching like Felicity when other people were watching Gilmore Girls. Like that yeah. was our big show at the same time when we were like 18, 19, 20. Yeah, I'm just a smidge like younger than you. So we actually named one of our kids after one of the characters on Felicity. So that's how much we That's that adorable. Show. I almost ma- named my kid after Stephen King characters. So mm, there you go. But then that didn't happen. I lost that. That was back when like TV was like a thing that was on at a certain time. So right. We, we would watch like Felicity every night at seven o'clock. You know? Yes. And they yes. would go in order. And so then you, if you watched for like a year, you could watch the whole series like three times. Yep. It was perfect. I love Seinfeld in that way. I didn't. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, man. Syndicated Seventh Heaven is still a weakness of mine. <laughs> oh. Kristen, my wife watched Seventh Heaven. I never really watched that. Oh man, I can't even. I don't Who's even the know. Boy on it. What's the? Um... Oh, with the hair. What's his yeah, name? Oh, uh, he was. He shows up in one of the Ocean's Eleven movies too. She would mention him as like a crush all the time when we were first dating. I was like the guy from Seventh Heaven. Oh man, yeah, yeah. I just I don't know what I was also a Jesus girl, so I think that like probably uh. had. 
I was like the weed smoking bad girl, Jesus girl, though. Like I was, I was trying really hard to like not be queer. Was really what it was about. <laughs> so <laughs> it's fine. Oh, yeah, the church used to frown on that thing. I guess they sort of still do. Yeah, I left when I was in high school, but so like in two thousand one. I, I grew up Methodist and the Methodist Ooh. church voted against LGBT stuff. And like, I grew up the kind of Christian that like Christianity made my politics very leftist. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because, yeah, because it's like very, like, I'm like very Jesus-y kind of politics, you know? And so like, clearly we need everyone to be ho- housed and have health care and like equality and basic needs and stuff like this and i really don't think that god hates me because i am queer and like all of these things and so you know i eventually left the church in high school because of queerness stuff but then like for me the real end point was like the 2001 vote by Mm. the methodist church to not include lgbt equality so i was like no we're donezos now so yeah, I was mostly leftist just from growing up in suburban Massachusetts. My, I, think about it, I think about it all the time because, like, my you know, really my childhood was like idyllic. You know, mm-hmm. like you know, I was like it's completely safe. My parents were great. Played little league and went to beautiful schools yeah. and like. But I was still like super crazy angry and a communist. And mm-hmm. I, was, I I don't know what that is. It's like a you know. My leftist politics are like anti whatever's around you, I guess. Weirdly, Stephen King and Jesus based. So, like, make of it what you will, you know? (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) Those are normal. I would go to Cambridge. Part of mine was Cambridge, Mass. Like, Mm. I would go to like Revolutionary Communist Party meetings in, in Cambridge when I was in like high school. Yeah, There's always was, all kinds of crazy weirdos. I was on the beach in Florida and I was like super angry about living in suburbia and like I hated it so much, but I had like no idea what could be better. And I also was like, well, this is like what the world is, so this is what I gotta be. So yeah. then I had like so a baby were, at 22. Yeah, you're a little bit younger. So like, you know, grunge was super, part of it was just grunge, right? So like, you know, right. Nevermind came out when I was a sophomore in high school. Oh, so, no, I was in like sixth grade yeah. when Kurt passed. Yeah. So like it was, you know, it was just a sort of Gen, Gen X cultural, you know, thing. Like you kind of had to be, you know, angry and mad at the world. I am like the oldest millennial. Sort of. I'm that like 83 kid, yeah, 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 you yeah. know, so like. We border really hard, and I tend towards millennial more than Gen X until I watch certain movies, and then I'm like, obviously, I'm bitter and angry at the world. Yes, Duh. exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, that's, you know, but if you're born in the 80s, definitely, it's a little bit different. I was born in 75, so, like, the eight, I was very conscious in the 80s, you know, yeah. like, if, you're, if you were, you know, I was, whatever, 12 in 1987, and, like... Yeah. Like, you had to just be an insane person to think, like, this is good. You know, it's like, this is awful. (laughs) And, like, I grew up with sort of that, like, idealism of the 90s. Like, I can fix the world and make it a better place. And I don't see color. And, like, sort of that whole narrative. And, like, you know, we've cured – well, we haven't cured AIDS. But, like, we've cured AIDS. So, like, gay people are fine. And, like, blah, blah, blah. And I just was so – from small-town Maine – I'm from Greenville originally. Oh, really? Up on Moosehead. Yeah, yeah. I grew up, I lived there till I was 12, and then we moved to the beach in Florida. Or I was 11, because it was the middle of sixth grade. Oh, man. So you went from Greenville to Florida? Yep. 
I was. Ooh, that's a culture shock. Yeah, it was the middle of sixth grade. I was such a tomboy. I had the same bowl cut, the 90s boy bowl cut, uh, the Devon Sawa JTT yeah, situation yeah, yeah. as my friend Eric. So this is like the year I moved to Florida. I'm, I'm pudgy. I have red hair. It's a boy's bowl cut. I show up to my first day of sixth grade in Florida in my tie-dye Grateful Dead t-shirt because obviously obviously and i am one of 300 kids versus one of 22 oh yeah no that's crazy and yeah. the only person of color i'd ever met until that point in time was like my stepbrother essentially and he only came to visit for the summers and that was it <laughs> i could imagine that's bonkers yeah it was, it was real bananas it was real bananas. And I like walked into this like, we don't see color narrative. Everyone is the same, blah, blah, blah. And so like, we don't question these social structures and the way things happen. And I was like, but why? <laughs> <laughs> so, and then I was like, but I also like boobies. So what are we going to do about that? Oh, well, you know. It was very confusing for everybody. <laughs> so what kind of TV do you watch? Do you watch TV? I watch TV. Yes, we watch TV very targetedly. So I watch like I, which is not that's not the way I always was. Like um, yeah. you know, in college we watched. So part of it is, I've been. It's very sine wavy in that growing up we never had cable. Like we yep. lived, in, you know, we lived in suburbia, but like my parents were like, we're not going to pay for cable. That's not going to happen. Yep. So like you had. I had five channels growing up or whatever, yep. you know, and so you would like surf around. And then I got to college and we had two channels in the dorms, right? right. So you had like ABC and CBS, like we didn't have an NBC channel for a while. And then we moved out of the dorms and like got our own place. And like the big indulgence was we like all chipped in and got cable. Yep. And so we were like super psyched to be able to like, do bong hits and watch cable. Mm -hmm. And so then we would watch like, you know, Dukes of Hazard, like religiously, and <laughs> you know, just like all the trashiest TV. And then we also, like I was saying, we would watch a crazy amount of soap operas. We loved soap operas. Yeah. So watch like One Life to Live and All My Children and General Hospital. Like General Hospital, like was like appointment viewing. <laughs> like we never missed General Hospital. <laughs> and so like, I was like, you know, totally addicted to TV. And then, you know, just like teaching or whatever. I just got, you know, totally got away from it. And yeah. then kids, like there's no time or whatever. Yeah. And now I will go other than I watch sports, I've always like sports. Um, but otherwise, I will go, you know, months without watching anything that has like a commercial, like I would never just like turn on the TV now. Like that's insane. But I've always watched TV. I love trashy TV for the treadmill. I, okay. I have to run every day. I do three yeah. miles a day. Otherwise, like I just have too much energy. Yeah. And Which 40 is why minute, you can eat pizza and mac and cheese and grilled. Right. Yeah. 40 minute, 40 minute TV shows are perfect for the treadmill. Okay. So then, you know, I can run my, you know, you run three miles in like 25 minutes and you have a 15 minute walk and cool down and the show ends. So lately I've been crushing all of the like DC superhero stuff that's on Netflix. Yep. I watched all five seasons of Supergirl, yep. which is like one of the best shows that's ever been on television. Great. I need to binge that by myself. Nobody in my life wants to watch it with me. I think you would like, just from this conversation, you will love it. it is oh yeah. So I'm good. a nerd. I get into that shit so yeah. hard. Uh, also, it's like got this amazing collection of hot women. It's one of my favorite things Great. about Supergirl. It's like, 
oh, super hot girls that fight? This sounds good. Do you um, remember the OG movie? No, the OG movie was that. Like the Supergirl movie from from like oh. the late um, 70s, maybe early 80s. I don't think I watched that. It was like one of I I'm one of those like 80s latchkey kids yeah. for sure, so I raised myself on like TNT and USA afternoon movies. Yeah. And it was one of those movies. There was a I, Supergirl movie? There yeah, was. And it had Oh god, now I have to look it up. Who was so Supergirl? Sorry. Some young blonde girl that I'll see now in things and be like, oh my god, that was Supergirl, but I can never remember her name. Uh, it was know, made yeah. in 1984. And yeah, so I was conscious then. So Faye Dunaway was the bad woman. Ooh. Yeah, and I... I liked Faye Dunaway. Oh, I loved Faye Dunaway. Uh, cast. Uh, Helen Slater. I recognize the name, sort of. Uh, Legend of Billy Jean, Sticky Fingers, City Slickers, Lassie. I remember those shows, yeah. Seinfeld, uncredited on an episode of Seinfeld. She was a voice on Batman the Animated Series. That's not a bad little career. Yeah, I mean, she's done a lot of TV. Like, you've seen her in things type of thing. Um, she's on the current Supergirl as Eliza oh. Danvers. That's, oh, okay, yeah. She yeah, was, yeah, she's the mom. Yeah. She was the OG Supergirl oh, movie. Well, so they're, they're really good about that. Like, they bring, yeah. uh, what's her face? Who's the original Wonder Woman? Um, uh, Helen, nope, not Helen of Bonham Carter, but she's got brown hair and has three names. Is it but Carter? It, it is, is, right? It is Carter. Um, Linda she is Carter. Like, yeah, Linda Carter. So there Linda Carter plays the president on Supergirl okay. for a while. Yeah. And then it turns out she's an alien and, you know, blah, 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 blah. But they do, they, one of the things I love, so it's crazy because DC movies suck, right? Like oh, all of the DC so movies. so bad. Uh, and I love superhero movies and I can't watch them. But yeah. The DC, like the whole DC multiverse on TV is great because they, they have all these in-jokes and they cross over all the time. Yeah. Like, I've watched the whole Arrow, like I watched the whole Arrow series. Yep. You know, whatever it was last year. And now I'm watching The Flash. Yeah. I love how they like. I've heard uh, the, I think we watched. And it's great. I want to say we watched The Flash, but I can't remember at this point. Also, just like because, you know, just being a writer and knowing mm -hmm. so many creatives. I also love like when you can see like what they're doing with the show. Like when you watch a show like every day. Yeah. Like you, you know, like. Yeah. This character yesterday had an earring. Today doesn't. Like they have like in The Flash, they have this character Wally, who's like the new brother who like, yeah. you know, has superpowers or whatever. And like they just never know what to do with him. So like. You know, he starts off, he's like, you know, this like athletic black kid. And he's got like, you know, very normal like fro or whatever. And then like within like six episodes, he's got it like slicked down in a comb over and earrings in both ears. And he's like kind of a hipster. And I'm like, how did Wally turn into a hipster? You know, and then they so didn't know what to do with him. And they put him on League of Legends. And that was like, oh, no. Show. And, you know. <laughs> Uh, Poor I Wally. Love, I just love, like, DC is so good about that. Like, you yeah. can just tell that they're like, oh, you know, like, I always think, like, are they on vacation or whatever? Because, like, they'll be like, oh, where's Wells? And they're like, oh, Wells is on Earth 2 uh, on a mission. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, yeah. he's not going to be in this episode because we lost him. Where'd he go? You know? Well, that's like trying to fit, like, some of the S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff into the current oh, Marvel yeah. Universe and stuff like that. My kid got really into S.H.I.E.L.D. for a while. 
and we got oh it's so I bad like, that stuff. like did you just watch wandavision um so that's on my list of things to talk about i'm most of the way awful. through it's like some of the best tv show i've ever seen in my life yeah we got about halfway through like as a family so like my roommate has every other weekend off and his partner's usually here so this is like basically who i've seen all during covid and then my kid yeah. and so the four of us sat down and like powered through half of wandavision in a single sitting last weekend oh, and we were like holy crap we do. just watched half of it yeah, I don't think it's really built for that. Like, I think it's really built for like one episode a week because it's so intense, it's so thoughtful. I, I'm watching it like sometimes I'm watching it like just like a gape, you know, I'm like, this is so fucking smart. They're doing so many interesting things. You know, I was immediately into it because I like love me a 50s aesthetic and like I love a callback to something else. And so like immediately I was like, this first episode is like based on this thing. And I was like, this is this other thing, you know, and so I, of course, loved that part of it my roommate took a second to get into it because he was like i don't give a fuck about this yeah the homage is weird like right um, but like i saw like i didn't really i didn't read any spoilers or anything but like i i knew enough from the series and i like kind of know about enough about my own trauma to like kind of like see what was happening Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh-huh. And like, and then the big reveal happened and I was like, oh, I didn't quite see all of that, you know, but. Uh. Yeah, I'm not, so like I go, you know, like, I always think it's so weird when people are anti-spoiler. Like I don't care about spoilers at all. I don't I actually, either. I want to go and read everything that's out there about it. Yeah. Because then I feel like I'm watching it like more informed and I can like, like, right. you know, like I, I like knowing what's coming because I like seeing how they're going to build to it. I just love stories. You know, like I, 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 as a writer, you were like, probably an English major too. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So same. I just like I'm always looking for the arc and like, right. I'm like, okay. Like my kids are always like annoyed because I'll be like, are we still in act one? Like, can we get to act two already? Like what is happening? You know? <laughs> yeah. And so they'll even do the same thing. I mean, you know, all of a sudden they'll be like, oh, I guess this is act three. And I'm like, <laughs> but, um, you know, like I just think with WandaVision, it's actually the same. We um, we loved uh, the Mandalorian too. Like, yeah, I haven't I, gotten there yet. Well, I'm a huge not, Star Wars nerd, there, yeah. but I just like. It's so good. Oh I can't God. invest in a fucking story right now, and we'll get to it in yeah. a minute. No, but that's what's so great about it is WandaVision is a story, but the Mandalorian is a real throwback to like old school TV making where yeah. the episode always wraps. Mm-hmm. Like you can always you can watch any episode of the Mandalorian and it makes sense. Okay, basically, prior or after, we'll get to it. But the only thing I'm really watching is reality TV, Mm. like not even the good kind, (laughs) like the real trashy kind. What is it? The Discover Next Network or whatever, right? I have been watching Love Island Australia compulsively. Oh my god, I can't bring myself to. I get too embarrassed. Like I got really red and stuff. Oh, so like the secondhand embarrassment is hard for you? Yeah, I guess so. Like. I have a hard time with that. Like, I couldn't even watch Bridesmaids. Yeah, no. Oh, God, Oof. no. Oof. You know, like, that's too much. But with with reality TV, and I think at this particular point in the pandemic, people are making decisions. This is fascinating. <laughs> Holy cow. What happens next? <laughs> are they great decisions? Are they bad decisions? Of course they're bad decisions. They're, they're on bad. reality TV, but it's fascinating to me. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, we watched, I was, we were saying this before the show, but, you know, we, we are a big Survivor family. Like, I think Survivor is iconic television to the point where I now consider Survivor like a professional sport. Like, uh-huh, uh-huh. it's like watching like the World Series or something, you know, yeah. because they train for it and their strategy and there's, yeah, you know, I love the gameplay. You know, so what we do is we go back and watch like old seasons of Survivor. We what we try not to go back. We basically go back to when HD started. Like if you go look, it's so hard to watch like standard definition television now. Oh like, yeah, and some of those early day reality shows where they like uh, didn't have budgets and like yeah, they were like using like handy cams or some crap. You know, we watched America's Next Top Model where they were like clearly in the conference room of a shitty Marriott <laughs> downtown with Tyra Banks. And, like, <laughs> but they must. I mean, I think about that too. Like, I love, you know, just think about like what a ballsy thing that was. You know, they're like, okay, we're going to do this crazy show with one hot model and we'll get some other ones. And yeah. I mean, we'll Marriott and we'll see what happens. So, the one of the reality shows that I just went back to because they like plopped a bunch of episodes of it on Netflix is MTV's The Challenge. Oh, fuck yeah. I used to watch, I used to love Road Rules, uh, Real World Challenge a lot. Yeah, and so this is like, you that's know. That's old school, though. Is that high def? Oh, fuck no. Yeah. That's oh, fuck that's no. Like the early No, 90s. and like the poor BMX kid that like has to host this shit and like can ba- is so stoned he can barely remember his name. Because I can't remember his name oh, for sure. God. But like, you know, he was in the X Games and all of this stuff. Like. He looks like, like half the time you can barely see his face because yeah, of the way exactly. his hat is and the lighting's really bad and like the whole situation is terrible. But the drama and the makeup is oh. a fucking plus. I the didn't know that frosty eyeshadow. I might have to show the kids that because it's so ridiculous. Oh, it's so bad. Yeah, yeah. I Did just went back road, to that. Is one. like road rules or. Uh... Is that on anywhere? The old like road rules or the old? Um, I, we were watching it. World? We were watching it for a while on Amazon Prime. That this was like a couple of years ago. I haven't really looked. I know they are doing a twenty fifth, maybe twenty fifth, maybe thirtieth. I don't know. They're doing a reunion with the OG Real World New York cast. Oh, Except wow. Eric Nice is going to be somewhere else. I don't know. I read a headline. I would think some of them are dead by now. No, uh, and they're like having the same fucking conversations that they were having about like crazy. race and yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the New York World was awesome. That was oh, yeah. that was like that was big time cool television back then. Again, I was like a little too young to be watching it and we didn't get MTV until I moved to Florida. And so I was right at the beginning of it type of thing. And I was fascinated with it. I like could not oh, look yeah. away. The and big one for us was uh, Real World Seattle was the one like I was like gripped by. I was like, I think New Orleans this? was one I got really into, and maybe Miami for a while. For me, a lot of it was like the only way I had any queer people on my TV. Right? Yeah, that was part of what was so huge about it. Yeah. Right. You know, and so like it was the only way I had any queer representation. I had like no idea like how to do this thing. <laughs> you know, but, I mean that. I, but, you know, like we were talking earlier about how, you know, like if kids knew what it was like trying to get weed, but like, right, you know, th- just like thinking about Supergirl, right? On Supergirl, they've got, you know, there's a trans character, there's, a, yes. you know, there's who is from Maine, BT yeah, Dubs. I know, she's awesome. Yeah. She's really good in that show, too. She's a good yeah. actress. Uh, but then, you know, they like the, you know, the main character's sister is gay, you know, like, 
Yeah. But like trying to explain to people like how crazy that is. Like when you grew up on like network television, you know, yeah. like different strokes and family ties and like right. that they would just be like, oh, there's people kiss, you know, same sex people kept kissing on my TV. Like that is just a thing that would never have happened. I like, know. And I really, I, I really applaud the direct to consumer market, I think for like consumers are saying they want it they're they're complying you know so like netflix amazon prime hulu those guys are just like hey you want queer content let me shove it in your face you know which is great i fucking love it <laughs> and yeah, like I mean, it's just i don't i mean it seems so normal now like yeah. you know like when yeah. you're watching it you're like yeah that's what life is like you know right. there's the queer one you know whatever like i know right. that person you know and what's crazy is to think about how unreal all of those like sitcoms were because they never did have you know like it's like where are all the gay people like I yeah. gay people but like you never like it was just like oh well we're not gonna put them on tv that's crazy you know right. like i don't that's it, i don't know it's so hard to explain how fast some of it happened you know like yeah. we went from like we are Nothing. not even talking about gay people yeah. to like it's everywhere you know like yeah it, it, it's great you know it, it's not even great or bad or good. It's just like so, it's like it, a switch was flipped, you know? And like I, now it's fine. And I feel like we are flipping a similar switch like nationally as we as we bring into like cannabis legalization as yeah. far as like the stigma around being a cannabis consumer and like what, what that looks like and who is doing that and, you know, stuff like that. So I'm very excited about sort of that yeah. as well. It's the same phenomenon, though. Like, it's like a, you know, it's yeah. so fast yeah. in, the, in the course of history, you know, that we would right. go, like, hundreds of years, like, you know, cops are breaking down your doors for this, and now it's like, oh, yeah. Uh, like, to the point you that... you notice that Sweet Dirt is opening a 36,000-square-foot cannabis greenhouse? Like, right. On the front page of the Press Herald. It's insane. Right. And, like, of course, you know, for you and I, you know contemplating being like quote-unquote professionals in the cannabis industry when we grow up like at 15 that's not a thing you can dream of being no. right <laughs> but it's funny that, that my sister tells me this all the time she's three years younger than me and we own a bookstore together now and you know yep. we're really close um, but we you know we were always close you know when i was 14 and she was 11 you know she's right. a kid sister or whatever Although, speaking of TV, actually, one of my favorite memories is when the original Beverly Hills 90210 launched. Mm -hmm. I was a freshman when they were freshmen, mm -hmm. and it was like all this buzz about it. Mm -hmm. And my sister and I wouldn't let my parents watch it with us. We watched it together on my TV, like my little box TV. Like 10-inch TV in your bedroom. In my bedroom. Yep. Um, and it was like this cool like thing that my sister and I had together when I was 14 and she was 11. Uh, but she tells me all the time, she's like, I remember in like the late 90s when you were saying over and over again, weed is going to be 100% legal someday. Weed is going to be 100% legal someday. Right. And I never believed you. I always thought you were crazy. But I always believed it. I was just like, because everybody smokes. Like, that, we can't keep something illegal that everybody does. It's insane. Right, right, exactly. And, like, I was going to normal meetings when I was at Florida State in 2001. But when I moved to Maine, I actually stopped smoking weed for a really long time and then didn't start again until I was a very stressed out student body president, single mom. <laughs> but, like, think about that. Think about that. Think about all of the high achieving people you know in your life, right? Like right. you were oh, student yeah. body president. Like I was always like, you know, volunteering for stuff. Like all of the like high achievers. Oh yeah. All smoked weed. All of them. Oh yeah. You know? And it's like, this can't be illegal. It's crazy. 
Yeah, no, and for me, I'm allowed to, like, get to that 5,000-point view and, like, see how systems work and, like, that's a, my magical weed skill, which is, like, amazing when you're a sociology major, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and also want to understand big business and stuff like that, so. For me, it was always, like, it, I, feel, I feel like I built my career on it because, yeah. you know, when I was, when I was running Phoenix, I could just smoke weed and I could put in 20 hour days, like no problem. You mm -hmm. know, I would work from freaking seven to nine at night and be like, Oh, this is fun. You know, we would just smoke right in the freaking office. You right. Know? Right. Uh, and I could just work and work and work. I, I don't have that kind of stamina anymore, but that's what I was known for. They're like, Oh, we'll put salmon charge because he'll just put in 20 hour days and they'll get right. done. You know, and it was all fueled by good weed. Like, yeah. Yeah, I was in a relationship, a very abusive relationship with someone who like was pretty opposed to weed. Like, I think as like we've gotten older and like, you know, still our co-parents together that he's probably allergic in some way to cannabis. Oh, he's that. like one of those people who like throws up every time. Oh, really? Yeah, like every time type of thing. And so like. I've never met anybody. Uh, we have a friend of the show uh, that we refer to as fucking Russ Guy, but is also my friend Aaron. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and she, I can never remember, remember the name of the syndrome, but she has this thing where her body doesn't release THC ever. And so, oh, like, you were telling me about that. She, yeah. like, gets so, so sick if she smokes weed. It's, like, awful. And so, yeah, it's bad news bears. And it's, like, real sad because Aaron loves weed. Oh, that's terrible. It's rough. It's rough. But anyway. Yeah. So like I grew up in a relation, like I was spent my 20s in a relationship with like someone who was like really against me smoking weed. So I didn't. Maybe it would have gone better for me if I had. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know, type of thing. Or, yeah. No. You know, and then when he and I divorced and everything was just sort of like at the same time and it was my senior year and all this things were happening. I was just like, oh, my God, I would love to smoke weed and go to sleep. And that was when I could have like two hits off my one hitter and be like, oh my God, I'm the world's worst mom. And then be passed the fuck out. And now I'm like hitting my like dab rig with my child right there. And she's like, mom, stop doing crack and pay attention to me. I talk about that all the time. The dab rigs are like doing drugs. So I, don't do I know. Drugs I know. We get a lot of concentrates though. And like, like I said, I think it, I really, you know, everybody experiences cannabis differently. Right. Like I just like, it just gets me too stoned. Like, I don't, I don't I've know. learned how to, like, manage it. Like, obviously, yeah. my tolerance is really high, so I can, like, have a dab and be good for, like, two hours solid, you know, and just work for two hours or, like, yeah. do yoga or, like, take a really long dog walk or like, whatever the I would thing be, is. Yeah, right? I, you know, if I wanted to take a nap or something, maybe, but I don't know. It's just also yeah. I get I do get I do still after all this time. I don't like the feeling of being too high. You yeah, know, like that, yeah. like you get that, like a little uh -huh. bit shaky or whatever, yeah, you know. Mm -hmm. I don't like that feeling. I don't either. It's no good. And so, yeah, I'm like very rarely actually high at this point in my life. <laughs> well, I, just, I, I think that's, I'm, I'm just like this. constantly, like, you know. Just well, I always like, talk about buzz management. For me, right. it's about buzz management. Like right. a little bit of beer, a little bit of weed, a little yeah. bit of caffeine, a little bit of food, a little bit of sugar, yeah. you know. Yeah. Constantly, see, like, maintaining levels. See, I'm clearly not good at my levels. I, like, have no dials that I can see anywhere. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, uh, it's, uh, 
I feel like it's like a whole philosophy of life. I just like learned that they even exist at like 35. And I was like, oh, I should do something about those. Well, I mean, yeah, no, I think uh, I probably learned they existed at 35 too. Yeah, that was 10 (laughs) years ago for me. It's a long time. It's just like a second ago for me. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Having kids was in many ways like best thing that ever happened to me. I never, ever felt more rested than when the kids were infants because I'm always, I'm a bad sleeper. I've just never slept well. And uh, there was something about out actually i um it was in um what's that farley moat book you have to read in high school call the wild or, oh i did weird high school experience it's like, like call the wild or call the wolf or something yeah 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 i know what you mean though and uh there's this part in the book where he's like living with the wolves and uh-huh. he talks about how the wolves get up every two hours or something in the middle of the night and like check everything out and he talked about how he got into that and he never felt more rested and uh-huh. I was, it was like the same when I had kids, like when I was getting up every two, like the kids would cry, I would take them, I'd latch them on to my wife and I'd take them back or whatever. And I just felt like so good, you know, and because I wasn't struggling to sleep, I would sleep in these little 90 minute bursts. And I feel like that's when I really got into like buzz management where I was like, oh, I was trying to force myself to sleep seven hours a night. That's not what I'm designed for. Like my body does not want that. It wants three, one wants and a half hour so sleeps, bad. you know? <laughs> I my body wants the like nine hour chunk still like right now I'm like oh it's almost eight guys no I can't <laughs> do that I can't do that like I if I go to bed too early you feel like uh, crap I feel like shit I wake yeah. up in the morning like and I'm like oh my god I slept too much I'm tired my back hurts like it's terrible uh-huh. like ironically my kid who sleeps all the time now like did not sleep as a tiny like none of that was happening for way longer than it should have been a problem oh that sucks yeah yeah and so i was like sleep deprived for like five years solid like yeah it's a long time and like like, two years each yeah and and i was like in college and 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 so i was just like just fucking exhausted all the time and so now anytime i can sleep i'm like yes please give me that (laughs) Give me that good, good sleep. I'm going to bed uh, right now. Never. <laughs> I, I went can't. to bed at 8.30 last night because I was bored. Uh, my wife is like that. She'll sleep. She can do like 9 to 5, no problem. Like, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I was up at like 6, but yeah. yeah. I was. Well, we wake up early. You know, once you have kids, I feel like you always wake up early. Like it's impossible to like sleep in anymore. But My whole house slept till 9.30 on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, it's funny because my daughter is 17. Yeah. And I remember, so she, you know, she comes downstairs like one in the afternoon on weekends, you know? Right. And I totally remember doing that. Like I would do that myself. Right. Same. Uh, I can't even imagine it now. If I was in bed that long, like. Well, my kid literally woke up at 8 p.m. last night. Holy fuck. That's crazy. Yeah. As I was going out the door to Red's, which is why we had ice cream for dinner last night. Good reason. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, we should wrap this up. But thank you so much. I had such a good time hanging out with you. Well, we kind of the burn for... thing. We got high and we talked about shit. So that's yeah, like... Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the uh, rules are, but I hope we didn't It's my it. show. There are no rules. <laughs> there are no, only I rules don't... if I say they are. So that's that's how it works. That's good. That's it's good. magical, actually. <laughs> well, I appreciate you having me on. So I had such fun. a good time. If you're one of our listeners, you should go over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us five stars and a review. It takes like two minutes. We know it's awful. It's terrible. But if you screenshot it and either email it to us or slide into our Insta DMs, I will send you a card with some like swag. Wow. Mm. Yeah. I like stationery a lot. 
I like have a lot of it for now I have a reason, but like before no good reason. <laughs> Stationary. Yeah. I like cards. Like I'm one of those like crafty moms. Oh, so like yeah, 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 I write I like hand write letters to people. It's fine. It's fine. People do nice. that. It's normal. I don't and, like physical objects, so uh, well, we also love stickers, so we get we have a sticker of the month club, so we have like a lot of stickers happening in our life. And we do for our listeners our regular episodes every Wednesday at 420. Those come out where we get high, eat snacks, and watch the pilot episodes of your favorite TV shows. And we are on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash pilot lights. We're explicit, so you have to write the whole thing in for as little as a buck a month where you can see video with like my face while I talk. Wow. I know. And you can get our Dab 8 Club, where we get really high on dabs and do a deep dive into a topic of the month. So last month we did local lore and cryptids this month we're gonna we're both like big true crime paranormal ghosty weird girls and so we're gonna do uh weed crimes not like you know i got busted for weed but like silly funny like this thing happened weed crimes so we'll get a book right now you'd probably like yeah we keep the dead close oh it's an awesome true crime uh this woman investigating a murder at harvard that's 50 years old oh see yeah that's my jam that's like my podcast listening mostly yeah. like i listen to 90 percent true crime podcasts. oh you'd love this book I, i'm about <laughs> halfway through it it's our book club book at the bookstore but great love it so we do that like every month uh over on patreon only and we do have our sticker of the month club at five dollars and up so every month I will handwrite you a card and send you a brand new sticker, usually from an artist pal of ours or us. So yeah. Uh, I should doing. get you some world famous grass hole stickers there. You should. Legendary. Yes. You should. We'll always throw them in with our stickers. Uh, <laughs> I'll get you some. And where can people find beer and weed? They can find beer and weed at beerandweedmagazine.com. Yep. We have a map of all of our distribution locations. We are now Great. in, uh, as of yesterday, 38 different locations throughout Maine, breweries and dispensaries. They can also subscribe so yes. they can find it in their very own mailbox. <gasps> um, and if they subscribe, well, actually, probably they've missed the boat on the issue that is going to feature pilot lights. Yay! Um, because in the... March issue, they will find an in-depth interview <gasps> with, with Kelsey and Riley and even some photographs of them, uh, which came out very nicely. Great. <laughs> um, and a brief review of the other uh, cannabis-based podcasts in Maine. I found Great. three other ones. That's awesome. Uh, so uh, people should pick it up. Yeah, so please pick it up. Come into their mailbox. Yeah, I get it in my mailbox and it's magical because, again, I don't leave my house. It's great. <laughs> for anything. Also, yeah, they, if you if, if they would like to yep. get 12 months for $1. $1. At checkout, they can use the code FUNKYWINS. FUNKYWINS. And mm. FUNKYWINS will enter them as they get that $1 subscription into a contest to get a cannabis weekend at Funky Bow. Ooh. Where you get weed, beer, disc golf, and a yurt. That's exciting. Um, Great. I'm going to put that in our show notes so that folks can access that. You can just click on the little beer and weed link and then put in Funky Wins at checkout for a $1 12-month subscription of beer and weed and a whole weekend situation at Funky Bro Bow Brewery in Maine, which is hard to say. drawing is on 420, so... So do it soon, friends. Right. This is a whole month. You've got a whole month, but do it fast. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will... See you guys on Wednesday. 
Bye. Bye.